Hey, strangers. Long time no talk. I am back. Uh, first off, I want to thank everybody who's been bugging me over the months, um, I believe, since the end of the summer, saying, uh, what the fuck happened to your podcast? And uh, I noticed a lot of you were really enjoying it, but uh, I kind of derailed it purposely, take a step back to take a step forward, and uh, I'm very pleased to announce I am now part of Girth Radio. Yeah! Clap, clap, clap. Girth Radio is a podcast network out of the Pacific Junction Hotel. It's a bar, and the studio in there is just fucking awesome, and I am just humbled to be there now. It's... uh. It's it's almost like I can't put it into words right now. I'm just blown away, and you're going to hear my interview with the creative director, Sammy Yunin, and um, us kind of linking up. Uh, we shared similar philosophies on content-wise, and I'm not going to say too much how it happened because we'll explain it in the interview. And this episode is uh, not episode one. It is episode 0.5 because this one's not going to be on Girth Radio. Sammy's a humble dude. He doesn't want to put him out there too much on it. <laughs> He's already made his presence known. And uh, so, yeah, this is just going to be on my SoundCloud and on my website, creativeimbalance.com. And then the following week is going to be my official episode one and I got Mindbender back in. Uh, he's talking about the porn and rapper life. And it's it's one of the best recorded interviews I've ever done in my life. And um, yeah, so we're going to get into this one. And um, I'm sorry I was gone. I am back from the dead. <laughs> Creative Imbalance podcast yeah. from the dead. <laughs> You're like a, a medic who came swooping in my life with the with oh. the what, what, what are those things? The defibrillator. It oh just, yeah, yeah. The shot of adrenaline. Yeah, you shocked this idea. Mm-hmm. Adrenaline's back in. Yeah. This is what's happening right now. That's good. My parents always wanted a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should send them this episode, anyways. But uh, mind my language. Yeah. So I'm here with Sammy, the yeah. mastermind behind Girth Radio. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are at the Pacific Junction Hotel. Yeah. This is I. I'm ch- since this is audio only, like I'm trying to describe, how would you describe this place? This is cool. Yeah, it's um, it's actually kind of like a island kind of canteen kind of low back, like you know what I mean, kind of chill vibe. But it's it is a hard thing to describe. 
and people like when I've emailed bands and PR people and stuff, they um I tell them it's like a radio station in a bar, which it actually is. But then it's hard because they're like, are you in the middle? Is it quiet? Is it like? Yeah, they don't they don't know. And I'm sure like uh, since if, if it's like a touring band too, like they have everything from like sit down professional interviews like at a station to like a kid just with his laptop. Like yeah, and, and I that was me until now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like so excited. Uh, yeah. Like I like uh. Yeah, I'm just uh, kind of geeking out right now, just being in an actual studio doing this. I feel like it's going to be able to push my ideas to a more professional level. And I, I believe, like, some people listened to the show before, and I I got, like, a lot of great reviews on the way I'd interview artists or, like, the people I'd have on. And uh, they didn't really complain about the low quality but me myself listening yeah. to it back, like I'd be interviewing somebody in the park and an ambulance would go by and yeah. I'm like listening to it. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, dude, I like, I appreciate this so much just being Great. in here. And, yeah, uh, no, we're happy to have you. How does it sound? Like, sounds good? Like, yeah, it sounds and, amazing. Like, yeah. Sammy gave me this crash course on this mixing board I didn't know how to work and we're, we're going. We're, we're going. Rolling, <laughs> yeah. Magic. Yeah. So, uh, you kind of like when I met you, or, this wasn't the first time I met you, but uh, the other week when we met up here, mm-hmm. uh, we were sitting at the bar, yeah. and you kind of uh, told me a bit of the story of how Girth became. Yeah, and so Alex, the owner of the the bar, is a lifelong dream is to own and run a radio station. Mm-hmm. So he's a British dude, so of course he grew up with a lot of Britpop and uh, a lot yeah. of classic music, obviously. The UK has given us so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, so after this bar was built about a year in or so, he decided then this was the Carpe Diem. This was the time to kind of convert it into a uh, convert. This booth here used to be like a uh, food booth where people would come and eat and like hang out and have nachos and stuff. Oh, There's okay. actually nachos on the floor right now. Yeah. yeah was, so. w- did they used to open that window and like pass to people on the street or no? Um, there was. It was just a closed window, but you could come in and just kind of like look at the people eating nachos. Yeah. And say like, yo, those people look like they're having a good time. I want to have some nachos too. Yeah. <laughs> now people are going to walk by and see like a radio show going on. It's like, oh, I want to be on the radio. Yeah. Like smashing. It kind of like uh, reminds me of a mini much music. Like from back in the day, they used to have uh, a lot of stuff going by like in their front window. And you yeah, can walk yeah. by and you can see like your favorite artists getting like interviewed. Like, Or when somebody super big was there and they closed down Queen Street for a bit. And, yeah, like, yeah. And they opened the window and like it used to be a party. And like, I get. I kind of get that vibe of the classic much music here. Yeah. But it's just almost like the beginnings of something that may be like that. Cause, yeah. And I feel like uh, the city and like just music media in general could use something like that nowadays. Just because almost everything that gets played on the radio is for an advertising reason. Where yeah. people aren't really like looking out for what's the next cool thing or whatever they're just playing it so safe or and like i don't know i feel like well that's this, a, that's yeah, what we lost with, with bowie i think we're we're almost with bowie's passing we're kind of at the end of the weirdos yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> like uh who's gonna inspire that we need to bring in more weirdos yeah, yeah. like adele is fine she sells records or whatever but she's suburbanly boring I, yeah there's nothing remarkable taylor swift like mm-hmm. but these guys and like kanye's a little weird so that's good uh james franco's a little weird i don't know if that really qualifies as weird but he's a little strange yeah but we generally are, don't have a lot of weirdos and the weirdos are kind of what makes it exciting those are what have the energy and the ideas and they set up the scenes the cbgbs and other infamous scenes right yeah and so that's the energy we need 
Yeah, that's awesome. I feel you, man. I'm going to try to bring as many weirdos as I can. And uh, if anybody who is listening to this from the older show, you know I got a bunch of them on deck <laughs> at any time. We but, need more weirdos, though. That's the thing, yeah. though, right? I actually, uh, the other week, oh, I wish I knew who tweeted this, but it was such an awesome tweet uh, about uh, David Bowie's death. And it was just like, David Bowie, Pat, I'm, I'm butchering this tweet, though, yeah. but it says, said something like, David Bowie passes away and a ninth planet appears. I don't need to read your science article. <laughs> I would die. Yeah. I'm like, that's like the most perfect thing to say. Yeah, and that's like, that's what it is, right? And that's what the weirdos do. They build these constellations. They build these little like ideas that we can kind of revolve around, mm-hmm. right? CBGBs is a great example, right? Just tons of weirdos, right? Like the Ramones hanging out there and talking heads and television, yeah. Richard Hell, all these guys, all these characters. Mm-hmm. And right. yeah, th- that's not a thing anymore, right? Any- no, we don't have, and that's what you're talking about with much music. We don't have a scene anymore, right? When you go down Queen Street now, much music, it's there's no energy, there's no vibe, there's no nothing. Yeah. Right. And so we've lost that energy. We've lost those weirdos. We've lost the scenes. We need to figure out how to build a new scene. That really, I think, is if anything would be a legacy for David Bowie, it's building a scene. It's and it's having a weirdo revolution. Yeah, just like almost they say everything comes in like circles. Like yeah, this is like the downtime, and I feel like not only like people like us. I see it in like newer artists that are just trying to get out there and do something different and shake things up. And it's it's kind of interesting to see just like this the scale consistent or consistently tipping back and forth where because I, I feel like everything's so pc now too yeah and i'll see like somebody do something edgy and then it's like oh my god like yeah. there's like, this big outrage but at the same time like the outrage is advertising that band to like the people who would get inspired from that and well and a lot of things too right like a lot of the internet outrage for example is it's like a toothless vampire it has no value right so even though people yeah. that disagree with you are like, yo, you shouldn't have said that word or that was a bad word or whatever the nonsense is, right? It don't matter, right? Because you just walk away from the internet and you don't hear it, right? So you, you're you free in a way that the internet is good in a sense because you're free to do whatever it is you want and to create whatever it is you want. You want to do some videos? Here's YouTube. Go have a good time. You want to do music? Here's like SoundCloud, Bandcamp. Go not. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you have a lot less restrictions on what you can create. And a lot of the and you have all these platforms to do your output. The problem though is that a lot of people, a lot more for whatever reason, feel they need to judge it or to make sure that it's toes the party line, which I don't understand. Yeah, and uh, a little bit about you, like uh, what kind of inspired you to get into this and like promote artists and just like this cool scene. Like, uh, what has been like kind of like your influences growing up that led you to this path? Um. Well. <laughs> I guess if you historically look at every scene, everybody who started a scene or done some sort of important work or anything like that, they're always dangerously unqualified. <laughs> for the... Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> and so I'm the same way. Um, I just kind of fell into it. I've been working with bands, a number of different bands in a variety of uh, capacities. I've helped road manage a band. We drove from Toronto to Vancouver and back. It was a big country. Cool. Uh, I've done some video producing. I've been in the studio with bands, helped them with lyrics and things like that. Like, so I've just kind of always worked with bands or creative people. And then I've done a whole bunch of stuff in film as well. Um, and just kind of just uh, any sort of endeavor. I've done t-shirts. Anything that's kind of creative or has... Uh, I'm really into storytelling at the end of the day. Yeah. So the medium to me is irrelevant. Whether it's film or t-shirt. It's all the same. As long as you're telling a story. 
And then um, when this started up, uh, a friend of mine, um, he talked to Alex and he said, like, you should talk to Sammy. He knows bands and whatever. And I hadn't really met Alex. I'd met him once or twice. And then when this started up, he said, you should talk to Sammy. He knows bands and he'll help you out. He knows weirdos. Yeah. (laughs) And Alex sat down. And then when I talked to him, it was before this, like they were in process of like converting this. People were still in here eating, but you could kind of see like the carpenter had laid some uh, outlines and like, you know, I mean, some sketching on the wall and stuff where things were going to go. Alex explained to me what he wanted to do with this place. And I was like, I'm in, even though it wasn't built yet. And this industry has a lot of people who talk a lot. Yes, yes, I hear that. Right? Everyone's big and everyone's important, whatever. But for whatever reason, I was like, yo, this guy's like... Because the fact that he already had two bars, the fact that he was willing mm-hmm. to even do this with a bar, like, that shows a lot of vision and a lot of guts. Definitely. So I'm like, all right, I'm in. Like, what do you need? I can get it. I can do it. We can figure something out. And he's yeah. like, all right. So you probably just felt like this vibe that this is happening and just being at the right place at the right time and... You tapped into it when you mentioned the Midas music. That was something that I saw right away, right? Like yeah. that energy of like the Queen Street energy and having the people here and the fact that we have this bar and people can come and crash and hang out, get some nachos and tacos yeah, and get a beer, but also see bands or see weirdos or see cool people. I thought that was really neat, right? And um, because again, anyone could do a podcast in their bedroom or whatever, right? And it's not a bad thing or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. But... To have it in this environment, to take something like that that's like that sounds personal, but then plug it into a community like this. Yeah. That's really cool. It's really a neat. beautiful thing, man. Like even you seeing that vision and both of you guys just kind of pushing it forward to like like I didn't see like all those steps, but looking at it right now, I'm like fucking blown away and like <laughs> like there's just like a, a good feeling in this room too. Like it's bright, there's art everywhere, like yeah. there's a giant window you can look out on the street, it's 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 fucking sick, dude. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it's uh, I can't take any credit for it in terms of um, the like it's a community vibe, right? So everyone has to chip in, and you're going to be chipping in. You'll be doing some of your stuff. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. all you can do it's the exact same thing as like Facebook or Tumblr or anything like that, right? All we can do is provide a platform. Yes. And then give people the space. And some people are like hilarious on Facebook, right? Yeah. Their posts yeah. are amazing, and they get tons of likes and mm-hmm. shares on the other stuff. Other people are like. He's my baby. Like, you know what I mean? I'm yeah, like, just oh, talking about, like, the same shit yeah, or just sharing yeah. the same meme over and yeah. over again. Yeah, and the baby's cute and everything, I'm sure. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's just not something that kind of, like, gets me out of bed, right? Yeah, yeah, true, true. So that's it. So we just provide the platform, and then we just let people go nuts, and then whatever happens, happens. So Yeah, we'll that's see. awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, that's, that's a cool way to look at it, too, like, uh, just kind of going with the flow. And uh, one thing, actually, one thing I love about your bar, too, is, like, you have, like, all the little, like, it's almost like reserved chairs. But it says, like, I'm looking right now, it says, like, Ron Jeremy. Yeah. But uh, I noticed, like, last week when we met, I'm sitting down at the Bruce Lee chair. But I didn't know until, like, later on. And, like, that's, like, one of my idols, too. (laughs) And for some reason, some cosmic thing going on in my brain, I'm like, this is a sign. (laughs) And uh, go back to, like, kind of just going with the flow, too, like, uh, Bruce Lee had that's like his life and that's how he adapted his unorthodox style and yeah I think that's what we should do with this place but you know that <laughs> that's what you've been doing but yeah so know. they're just like um office like the the templates that you would put on the door basically yeah and so yeah there's Elon Musk there's Aquaman there's Bruce Lee there's just like a variety of like pop culture 
individuals, superstars, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So if uh, any of the live ones uh, come in, I guess you have to give them the chair. Like, that's a reserved spot, right? Yeah, we haven't brought any of those guys. We It'd be great to get Elon Musk in. Yeah, or Ron Jeremy, too. Yeah. I know he does, like, school tours, though. I, I saw him uh, in Hamilton when I was going to college there. So I'm going to keep a lookout if he comes to, like, Toronto. Bring him in. <laughs> yeah, Bring just him like. In. Well, like <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I guess they are shooting an Aquaman movie now, so maybe we can get Aquaman to come in. And yeah, it's a, actually the guy who's playing it. Um, do you ever watch Game of Thrones? No, but it's that dude, right? Like, yeah, he's kind just of like a that, big dude uh, with long hair. Yeah, and... that Viking-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's gonna do a good job. I hope. Like, I'm I'm not like too familiar with the Aquaman comics, but I hope they kind of like make it dark and like uh, kind of match like what they did. DC did with the Batman series, yeah. almost like Dark Knight, but make Aquaman cool because he's always like kind of like the joke superhero. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this this actor in terms of uh, he's a little bit screwed because. Aquaman's always supposed to be in the water. So you can't really compromise the movie like Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just have him like in space the whole time or whatever. So like, dude, you got to put on the, the tights and get in the water. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how much they balance that, right? And, mm-hmm. and the other thing that's going to be weird to shoot is um, he can speak underwater, obviously, because he's got like the lungs and all that kind of different. His set, his gear is different. Yeah. So I don't know how they're going to make that, shoot that so that it doesn't look corny or like... Yeah, probably like... like those old Chinese movies where the lips don't match up. <laughs> yeah. <to the laughs> or just like a green screen, but it's like fake water around yeah. them. But it, that, that might be like new like green screen technology that we haven't seen yet and like you, we always see space. Yeah. We always see explosions. But they never have like a whole like underwater environment yeah. like so yeah, who knows who knows yeah. i mean he's he's a king of atlantis as well right so that alone there's a ton of stories you could do there just set in atlantis and yeah. just kind of explore that and the mythology because atlantis is a whole city so you got religion you got politics you got all that stuff that goes on in a regular city yeah scenes and energy again right to go mm-hmm. back full circle somebody's doing something cool in atlantis mm-hmm. yeah right? i feel like i should be watching more of these comic book movies because when i was a kid like i was such like a dork to these things and i was dying for them to make more but they didn't have like the technology that they do now to film it and like make it not look cheesy like imagine like a spider-man in the 80s it would fucking suck but now there's like an oversaturation and i'm not even like watching them all and but but when i think of my like childhood mind i'm like what are you doing like this is what you wanted why aren't you at the theater for everything it is a lot now like just to keep up and then the marvel ones are slightly annoying because they're all follow one general storyline too right yeah like the you have to avenger one right yeah yeah. So you kind of have to keep on top of it a little bit and like, you know, people like some people I know didn't see Ant-Man. So now they're mm-hmm. like, quote unquote, behind the story. Right? Yeah. So that's one I haven't seen, too. And yeah, people so keep telling the, me uh, yeah. <laughs> to go watch But it. there was a Spider-Man in the 70s, I think it was. It was a Jap- might have been Japanese. I can't remember. Oh, really? But he used rope. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, like you said, the technology wasn't there. So he would use rope uh, just to kind of climb things and like... I'm going to go home and, like, YouTube it. I remember the cartoon used to be hilarious, too. Um, oh, the, the old. Like, the real old one. Yeah, like, yeah. There was one in the 90s, which, I, from what I remember, was half decent. Yeah, like, yeah. But you're talking about the one where they, they use the same animation cells. Yeah, over. yeah, over yeah. and over yeah. again. And 
And, and it would just be like random stuff too. Like he'd be swinging in New York City, and then they'd just put in a random cell of him swinging in a cave, just because that's what they had lying around. They were gonna draw more city blocks. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so like, yo, I'm like, where do you go in a cave for like five seconds? Yeah, we ran out of money, and we just need to throw this scene yeah. together. There's actually uh, old school Captain America. I think it might have been done in the late 50s or 60s. Oh, okay. And um, the, it's barely animation. Like it's just an image, and then the jaw will move. Oh, the hands amazing. won't. The hands won't move. The body won't move. Just the jaw <laughs> will just go up and down, and then he'll say his line, and then you'll just stare at an image until they finish the dialogue. Uh, that's it's so tough to animate. Have you ever tried animation before? No, I have not done yeah. any animation. I dabbled with it like in college because uh, I will. For people who don't know, I took an advertising program and it was uh, it was creative advertising, which I just call vagueness. So they're trying to teach you everything at the same time, like graphic design, video, which I kind of fell down that path. But uh, you're learning Photoshop, like like too much at once to like comprehend. But yeah. they're giving us like these projects and expect it to be like amazing. And I remember just being sick trying to like <laughs> figure out this program, how to make like a little like animation. And it, lo- it looked like worse than season one south park <laughs> kind of thing but it, i remember it, it took me like 24 hours to yeah. make like this 30 <laughs> second clip so. it's a lot of work and yeah. stop motion is a lot of work mm-hmm. too like all the stuff that we kind of like and consume pretty quickly yeah all right like pixar is just a uh, slave drivers right like to mm-hmm. crank out like a whole feature movie an hour and a half yeah. hour 45 minutes right like you're just putting in time at the office. Yeah, I even uh, I met this guy. Uh, he lives in L.A. right now, and he works on like a lot of like the major movies, like in the digital effects, like uh, like things like Green Lantern, and I think he worked on the latest Ninja Turtles too. But basically, they have it almost like it's like slave work, like we're saying. Mm-hmm. But it's like they have like these editing houses where they'll just have like so many people and they're like super underpaid yeah and they just have them grinding all day on like say like transformers just working on optimus's hand or whatever and uh just shit like that and uh it's almost like to the point where like you think oh it'd be amazing to work on a transformers movie but when you're actually working on it it's like fuck this is the worst thing ever this is like just being like in a fucking shoe factory yeah, and no, like, it, it is factory work right yeah it's just slave driving right because you mm. just gotta get this stuff cranked out and when you're on like a sci-fi show or something like doctor who star trek and stuff when you're cranking out those cgi effects and stuff like that too right you have there's a t- there's a tighter timeline right like a transformers movie they'll they'll give you a month or a couple of months to kind of work on it mm-hmm. with those tv shows you got a couple of days to kind of yeah. like figure out how to like blow this thing up or yeah. like phase this out and it's just like, yeah, do this whole season in a month. And yeah. then they just get, like, hundreds of people. Like, that's when you, like, watch a credits in the movies. And they just keep going and yeah. going and going. Or the, what the writers will do is then they compromise. And they're like, okay, I guess we can't shoot this, like, this way, right? And mm-hmm. so then they have to and they have to rewrite a cheaper way. So they kind of, um, because of the time crunch and the budget crunch, they end up having to compromise some of the writing a little bit to match that. Oh, yeah. All right? And I guess that hurts, like, as... If you're like a writer, or like you have like this vision, and then just limitations. Well, you, I mean, it's always the difference. Like I, I use example of Spider-Man using rope, right? So mm-hmm. obviously, this was the '70s, so they didn't have a lot of options. But it just looks cheesier now. Yeah. Right. It looks more dated. It looks silly. It like it doesn't work. Spider-Man and why he's using rope. 
it doesn't look good, right? And mm -hmm. so that's the thing. So you can have a great vision, but if you can't execute the vision, then yeah, you've got true. nothing, really. And yeah, I guess like stuff like that too is all trial and error, evolution, and that kind of reminds me of my podcasting life. <laughs> I'm in the park, and now I'm in a studio, yeah. and Progress. there's a bar. It's yeah. beautiful in here, man. Yeah. How long you been doing the podcast for? Um. Well, I've dabbled in helping other people do podcasts for a bit, and then just something sparked last summer to just do one of my own. And I only cranked out like five or six episodes and then just kind of like my video life took over with like the battle rap shit and just like King. all this other stuff. Yeah. King of the dot. And, um, and I always, and just like, like I was telling you, like having a location was like one of my setbacks too. Cause, uh, she's like pretty funny. Like I could do it all out of my room, yeah. but I moved to this place that, um, the walls are very thin and I have uh, these Asian uh, neighbors who are just always screaming, <laughs> and I don't know if they're fighting or they're just like really passionately in love because yeah. I can't understand the language. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and like, so it's like a roll of the dice if I have a guest over, yeah. and it it's like you wouldn't be able to hear it on the mics, but it's also distracting, and it made me like very self conscious, and uh, I feel like I'm kind of like a guy who I do creative work almost on momentum. Like I'll start it and. It yeah. kind of derailed my momentum, and then I started working on other projects, and I was also part of, like, a stand-up comedy thing. I do I do so much random fucking shit, yeah. and that was picking up, too, so the podcast became, like, a back burner, but this is just an ideal thing to do, like, once a week and have the location and just have a platform to put. There's just so many layers, Sammy, that's so awesome right now to and the perfect timing to just kind of reboot this whole thing and that's great yeah i mean and it, the location does play a factor because it makes people feel safer too right yeah like um just like come to this bar and then we'll give you free beer and like that alone like the the free beer too is also another punchline right yeah like, and it's it's just it's just legit in here like if i can think of a word just that's totally a good word legit. For legit yeah, yeah. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. So what is your show? How are you envisioning your show? You talk about much music and the energy. How, what are you going to do to spark that energy? Um, I'm going to, like we talked about, get more weirdos in here. Yeah. Um, inspiring pe people. Like, what kind of sparked the show, too, is me going around doing comedy and doing video work. I'm meeting so many, like, of these interesting people, and I would have conversations with them. And I'd get, like, just insane inspiration like shit i haven't even thought like that just shook me and i'm like i think about it later i'm like imagine i had that recorded and i could share with people yeah because i also know like a lot of people who are just starting off like getting into or trying to make um or live a creative lifestyle whether it's making music or being a graphic designer or whatever and i feel like you can get so much uh education from these types of people who are out there doing it or even people who i met who are on the path of doing it and a lot of like st like stuff like and you can vouch for this um there's no school or class you can take you just got to be out there and doing that and it's almost like the show my or my uh my vision for the show, like, even though I'm hosting it, it was never about me. It's about, like, kind of putting these guys on a platform or just, like, letting them have their voice and sharing that voice. Because I personally get so much of it, and I just want to share that with 
with other people. No, that's that's kind of like the philosophy behind this whole thing. No, that's super cool. I mean, half the battle for any uh, creative person really is just encouragement. Yes. Right? Like a lot of creative people, they're they're good. The good ones, the really good creative people will figure out process. Because like Mm -hmm. you said, there is no school, there is no class. So you have to figure out process. Yeah. Once you figure out process, then you're halfway there, mm-hmm. right? And you can then start to figure out how you're going to put this thing out there, and then you got to figure out how to market it and all that stuff. But process is half the battle. But the journey from idea to execution is not just working at the process. It's having the encouragement and the motivation to keep going yeah, when times true. are dark. And uh, I feel like one thing that really pushed me forward into like this whole universe uh, was n- finally not being afraid to try something and fail. Yeah. Because I feel like... I know just the way I grew up and the people I hung around, it's all like everything just seems so black and white when really like things fall into like a gray area and it kind of like you can kind of take what you can out of it based on like your perception. Like it could be like a bad thing to you or you can say, okay, I fucked this up, Mm -hmm. but this is a lesson. And that one step back can be five steps forward you know type of thing and i don't know i think like just kind of like switching that attitude that led me to meeting you meeting king of the dot like finally having the balls to stand on stage and do some comedy and all that i think well i call them good mistakes yes right like when we've been building up girth radio or whatever we made some good mistakes like we weren't too sure about what kind of sound system because Originally, when Alex built a bar, it was just a bar. So all you need is just a jukebox and then an iPad playing in the corner, right? Yeah, yeah. With a playlist. So it's a very simple um, sound structure. But then once we started bringing in bands and DJs and stuff like that, then it became like mm-hmm. you need a better sound system. So we we had to experiment a little bit and we made good mistakes. Yeah. That didn't work. This is not so good. Maybe we can do this better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, it was unfortunate because some of the DJs and some of the bands and stuff we brought in were really good and playing really hard and like awesome. But we just didn't have the equipment and that we had made enough good mistakes. Yeah. Right? And then once we started making the good mistakes, then we started figuring out, like you said, figuring out what was working, what wasn't working. And then we were able to adapt and change that. So now when we bring in bands and things like that, we're like, here you go. And then they hit it and it's like, yo, everyone's having a good time. Yeah, amazing. It would, like just looking around this place, it would be so cool to like kind of like see your uh, perspective of how it actually evolved. Like. I'm sure you look back and like you see it before this room was even in here, and it's just, it's just got like such a cool like vibe to it. It's and evolve. You used evolve too in the past tense, but it's actually still present tense. Yes. Right, because we're only a year and a half old, and there's still a lot that we want to do. There's still a lot we haven't accomplished, um, and we're still the hardest part now is really just getting the name out, mm-hmm. right? So when I talk to like uh, PR people for uh, bands, for authors, filmmakers and stuff like that, they're like, I haven't heard of Girth Radio. I'm like, I know. This is an introduction. Hello. This is Girth Radio. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're still getting the word out. We're still evolving. We're still trying to figure out what this thing means, where, um, how it's going to properly make money. Um, and we're, tra- <coughs> we're still trying to build that platform so that we can get the weirdos, we can get the energy, and we can unleash some really, really cool things on the city. Yeah. It's like... It- seems like you have the right palette to do it and just yeah just, just getting people in here and just keeping momentum and everything well and it's a radio station in a bar right an online mm-hmm. radio station in a bar so the vibe is already set like it's just fun right mm-hmm. like we don't need to like be stressed about it and like we can be relaxed about it and that's the great thing too um i was watching a, a tv show called the season with and they followed a team 
uh, this time they, they did it. It's a Showtime show, and they first time they did it, they followed the San Francisco Giants. But this season, they followed um, the Notre Dame football college football team, and it was super interesting because what they did was they would play a game on uh, Saturday, win or lose, whatever happened in the game, then they would regroup on the Sunday. And they wouldn't have any practice. They wouldn't have anything. So the Sunday was just this emotional day to <laughs> just unpack the loss, to figure out why they won, anything like that. Kind of battle back from some injuries, things like that. Yeah. Then when Monday started, they put all that up behind them. Yeah. And then they go and they do it again because they know of another game coming up. Yeah, so that was like the reset. Yeah. And so that's the great thing with, uh, with doing something like this, right? Like, sure, some of the shows are not going to go well or the mic will fall down or the, <laughs> the band <laughs> will, like, be stoners so they forget <laughs> to come in. Yeah, <laughs> or just like, spill their beer and everything. Right. There will be things that will happen, right? But, again, <laughs> it's part of the energy. It's part of the charm. And you accept that. And then you know that even if today didn't go well or wasn't there wasn't enough jokes or whatever, then there's always the next episode. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, this is, this is really cool. And once again, I thank you, man. No, thank and you, man. I'm looking forward to the show, and we'll see what kind of magic you work out. Yeah. Do <laughs> you got any uh, requests from this new reboot of the show? Surprise me. All right. Surprise awesome. Me. I like that. <laughs> That's what I'm best at doing for people. Yeah. <laughs> Just some WTF moments. Yeah. I think anytime like, surprise is really underrated, right? People mm-hmm. have a lot of um, shows with, like, podcasts with hooks or whatever. Those those two guys who watched like a movie for like an entire year, right? Yeah, I can't remember what that one is called. But hooks and stuff are really good. But if you can have those surprises, and I think that's what m- the much music energy you were talking about, right? Where like a member of Duran Duran or somebody would like come out and he would trip on a chair or something like yeah, yeah, something like that yeah. would happen, and it would be a surprise. Yeah, it's like almost you. You just got me like we keep talking about much music, but it's I just template. like yeah, yeah. Um, it just got me thinking, like, back in the day, it had such a human aspect to it. Like like you said, like, people tripping on chairs and leaving in. Now it just seems everybody's just so cookie cutter. It's like, yeah. okay, we have this script for the VJ where before they used to just, like, free flow. And yeah. It's, like, it's lost its humanity, which I think, like, the reason why everybody has branched out and they just, like, look for shit on the internet now. Mm-hmm. And, like, those stations are, are like, graveyards. Well, and you also want to restore danger, right? Mm-hmm. I learned that from watching Michael Jordan play. Because when it's fourth quarter and the game is on the line, it's a timeout, and you know Jordan's going to get the ball. The defense knows Jordan's going to get the ball, mm-hmm. right? But it's the way that Jordan was able to engineer the two points or the three points they needed. That's what made him dangerous. And Kobe has that sometimes, but not always consistently. LeBron is kind of uh, hes a little inconsistent with that, but he still gets it done. But danger, I think, is also another element that's kind of missing from a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Where, like, when that fourth quarter comes and the game's on the line, you want something that's a little bit dangerous and you're unpredictable. Yeah. Right? And it kind of feeds back into surprise. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, you just kind of uh, remind me of something, and I really wanted to pay my respects to uh, somebody who passed away in the battle rap universe. But... He was all about just that danger, unpredictable thing. Like people loved him, people hate him. It's a, uh, it's a guy from Cali. His name's Cadillac Ron, and he passed away yesterday. And I don't even know the reasons why, but uh, people like suspected him having like a relapse or whatever. But mm. the only way I can explain this guy is like he was like almost like the Kurt Cobain or S- Scott from STP. Mm-hmm. Lane from Alice in Chains type of vibe to him, like 
just grunge rock, but in battle rap. And um, almost like he was like a Kurt Cobain. He had so much fucking talent, but he also had like kind of like that tragic edge to him where like he'd like kind of go off the rails with like a heroin addiction and stuff. And then uh, just I guess for like the past like year or two, he's been like super clean. And so like this kind of came out of nowhere, like which is is uh it's a, it's a pretty sad thing. I I try I I'm trying to uh not like bring the vibe down too much but uh But this is the thing yeah. though. It goes back to what we were talking about before with yeah. community, right? So community is founded when you have really cool people like characters. Yeah, yeah. Weirdos. Character is such a good name for it. Right? Yeah. And so but the problem is when you have characters, you have people who are living a little bit more harder than they should or a little mm-hmm. bit on the edge. And unfortunately, they do fall off that edge. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's unfortunate, right? Any scene that we've had, I go back to CBGBs, it's a great example, right? There was a lot of ODs, there was a lot of like suicides kind of related back to it. So we get this glossy picture of it of like, the Ramones come on, and then it's the birth of punk, and it's yeah, like, yeah. the talking heads come on, and it's the birth of new wave. All these things, whatever. And it sounds really glossy, but it's actually when you get in the scene, it's that human interaction, right? Where yeah, you're you see like people. the different sides of it and everything. And I don't know, for some reason, I, I get attracted to like that style of art. And I was trying to, I was thinking about it today. It's like, why was he my favorite battle rapper? Why was a guy from Alice's and Chains my favorite singer? But I don't know. It's just like something, the combination of like the tragic thing to this them being able to channel it into like an amazing piece of art mm-hmm. is just incredible like it's just so fucking raw and real and uh yeah i think uh like that whole scene just like lost somebody special the other day and uh on that note i'm gonna cut to one of his songs this is cadillac ron with revelations yeah 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 you know That hood ritual shit. Yeah. Coming off that dirty nickel, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Fish Street Corridor Bash for life. Yeah. We gon' do it like this. Chasing the black talk, 
Living hard, handcuffed in a cop car If you smoke a sniffin', use a handball Started with the points, now I cop that half piece If I see the boys, I stash it in my ass cheeks Do I wanna stop? Nah, not at all, not at all Got a quarter piece and then I shot it off I don't understand, it don't make no sense Just got out of detox, I'm already dosing But I'm married to the tall, so baby got no friends Now I'm so damn sick, shit, coming out of both ends At the rate I'm going, won't make it through the summer My ribs getting dull, I can't even see the numbers Running out of hustle, now the kids getting broke My habits getting pricey, got them licked with the coke, I ain't sipping on no surf. My rig going berserk, never puffing on no perk. I just stick it in the squirt. I'm retorted, I'm insane. Too much talk in my brain, tatted up on all my tracks. Hard to find a vein. Uh, for my mama house playing in the backyard. Swung out on the nickel, I done chasing the black tar. Living hard, handcuffed in a cop car. If you smoke a snip and use it, I ain't playing about the black. When I say it in my rest, if I could take it back, I start saving me some cash. Shit, I never take a back. I got skates, I got stacks. I'm still waiting, I'm a patient till the doctor take me back. Uh, Christ Almighty, I'm a wreck. I be in my neck. Five from my work, at least they writing me a check. Can't trust the word I'm saying. I lie with every breath. With my life, there's nothing left, so I'ma ride it to the death. I got clear by the brands, got delighted by the ace. I've been running out of plans, now I'm plotting my escape. I got stuck up in the mess, started picking up my face. They said, fuck what you hear about the kids, just a race. Close your eyes, no kiss allowed, no regrets, I did it proud. Hit my funeral, play my records, and make sure that shit is loud. Y'all bring 65 bitches and just sit them in the crowd. I be flicking off the Lord while I'm sitting in the shroud. From my mama house playing in the backyard Strung out on the nickel while I'm chasing the black top Living hard, handcuffed in a cop car If the smoke was sniffing, he was a damn fraud From my mama house playing in the backyard Strung out on the nickel while I'm chasing the black top Black top, black top Yeah, Sammy, um, I think I'm going to probably, I don't know, how, wait, as, I'm going to say you're my boss, Sammy. How long? Oh, I'm, I'm going to be the boss now? Yeah, yeah. Um, how long would you like my show to be? Yeah. Um, Do you have, like, any restrictions or anything? No. I mean, that's the other thing, too. Um, I don't know if this is going to make compelling uh radio but yeah we can always cut it if, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in general i find that like you especially if it's somebody who you don't know well mm-hmm. don't always be afraid to just end it yes yes right like yeah. um sometimes they might be they might have really cool book or documentary or something out mm-hmm. but when you sit down with them they're a boring person so mm-hmm. if you only get like 10 minutes out of them and like you ask them really good questions and all they're answering is like yes no i'm not mm-hmm. really sure and like it's not compelling just shut it down. Yeah. And you can always turn like that 10 minutes to like a piece of the podcast and then interview somebody else later and like yeah, piece it together. Or just leave it or just not air yeah. it or like you have a lot of options, right? Yeah. And you know you know what? I'm uh, I'm keeping this part in the podcast too cuz I mentioned uh a lot of this 
or my philosophy on this is about educating other people. So why not if I'm learning with something? Maybe somebody's listening to right now wants to start a podcast. Like these yeah. are fucking fantastic <laughs> tips from Sammy. <laughs> I just all learned the hard way. But I think anywhere like a good 30 to 45 minutes is a really good sweet spot because you've gotten to know the guests, especially if somebody's not familiar with them, right? When mm-hmm. Howard Stern interviews like Aziz Ansari, people already have a general built-in knowledge of Aziz Ansari, right? Yeah. So um, you don't necessarily need to go like an hour with Aziz Ansari, right? Like there isn't like, but if it's somebody and the people we're talking about, like who are maybe not well known or on the fringe or have some fan base, but you know, those it's great because if you give them 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, they can start to shine and people can kind of get a sense yeah. of, of who they are. Yeah. And, and sometimes they about. get, they get comfy with you too. And like at, at first it can be like very awkward and then once the conversation starts rolling, it keeps getting faster and faster. Yeah. When I interviewed Gary Taxili, uh, he came in at Girth. Um, he's a kind of a graphic design type artist, dude. Really cool stuff. I've known his stuff for years. And so mm-hmm. I was always a fan. I never met him, never been to a party or gallery or anything like that. But I always liked his stuff. And then so when I started up my show here at Girth Radio, I was like, I want to reach out to dude. So I emailed him. And then he said, yeah, I'll come in. I was like, Sick. oh, snap. Now what do I do? And so the funny thing was I was nervous because I was like, there was so much I wanted to say about the dude. I want to talk to him about this mm-hmm. art and this project and these kind of things or whatever. But the funny thing was he doesn't do a lot of interviews, so he was nervous. Oh, so it's like yeah. double nervous. Yeah, but <laughs> I didn't expect him exciting, to be nervous, huh? right? Because all he has to do is come and just talk about his art. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's just like just fend off my geeky questions and mm-hmm. then just like go home. <laughs> right? But I was like, why are you nervous? And he's like, you know, he wanted to like make sure that he's like sounded intelligent and good and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. So it's kind of neat. Like I didn't expect anyone else to be nervous either, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but it took him a little while. And once he realized that I was like really into the stuff and I actually knew what I was talking about, yeah. Then he relaxed, and then it started to flow, like you said. Yeah, that's a cool moment for you, though. I even had uh, moments where I'd be like for the other websites. Uh, shout out to BeyondTheWatch.com. Um, I've interviewed some of my favorite like metal bands and I just so intimidated, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's like my brain's like, okay, I've been listening to you for 20 years and almost starting the interview. Like everyone was so awkward because I wanted to say so much and it's like my brain's just flying like with every question I ever had built up for 20 yeah. fucking years. It's just like, yeah. it's like, uh, uh, where it is? I'm here with, um, um, uh, Mastodon. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then it's like, it took me like a little bit to just be like, dude, fucking relax. Yeah. Just talk to him like a normal human being. And like, even if you just talk about something irrelevant, like you can, you can always cut it in post. Like it, yeah. does, it doesn't have to be one take. You're not live, buddy. Yeah, like I just, know. just relax. Like, I also find too, what helps is um, like, even though like Gary Taxili is a good example, I knew a lot of his work and a lot of his um, uh, backstory, but I also, I researched it anyways, because I wanted to see what kind of questions he, he did encounter before. Mm-hmm. Right. So if there was a lot of times with a lot of artists, it's always like, how did you get your band name or how did you get started? Whatever. And if those stories have already been already covered quite a bit, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really seem to be anything, any gaps in the story. Oh, we met in high school. We met art school. We met whatever. And then that's how, then I don't really bother st- asking those things. Yes. Right. And so that way you don't, I think too, that the, um, one of the things that's kind of been interesting was, uh, over this past year, 2015, when I would finish doing an interview, the, the artists or whatever would be like, 
wow, that was really interesting. That was a really fun like interview or conversation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I was at first I was a little offended because I'm like, in the email I told you it was gonna be fun. I told you we're gonna make six in the bar, and I told you we're gonna get free <laughs> you had beer. to prove it. Yeah. But then I realized that it actually wasn't even a commentary on me. It was just more a commentary on like the fact, especially with somebody who's been a little bit more established and done a lot of interviews, mm-hmm. they get really dumb questions like boxers yeah. or briefs and stuff like that. It's very true. When I interviewed Scott McCloud, he, he talked about, I think it was in Texas. I think it was Texas. There, he, he's a graphic novelist, right? Okay. And um, he did an interview and the, the, the radio host had clearly not read the book. Had no idea what a graphic novel was, and so he was asking <laughs> questions like, "So how do you who, how do you get people to hire like how do you hire people to do the cartoon voices and stuff like that?" Oh. And he's like, "It's a graphic novel. There's no, it's not a cartoon. There's no voices." <laughs> and he's like, "So you draw all the pictures yourself?" And like, just asking like, re- so it's just a really painful interview that doesn't need to be that yeah, way. And like you can kind of like feel the vibe through it. Yeah, and if you just like spent ten minutes or like, why did his PR person book him on something like that when the guy clearly didn't have the credentials or like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, I know sometimes too, it's just based on numbers and yeah, somebody's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. I love mm-hmm. the I love the vibe here. Like we're in the bar, there's people partying. <laughs> you can hear them through the windows. Yeah. Like, Whoa! <laughs> I don't know what's going on, yeah. but that's awesome. But. Um yeah, and so it's just like that's the thing. So people people when they make stuff or when they're in a creative uh endeavor, whether it's a band or a graphic designer or a filmmaker, or whatever. Mm-hmm. They a lot of them do like these kind of conversations, but they don't get to talk about this stuff. Yes. Right. The uh, Frank, I think it was Frank Sinatra. He's he was talking about this. Um, there's a really cool HBO documentary on Frank. It's four hours, but he was talking about how a lot of people were just asking about his music. But he didn't want to talk about his music. He wanted to talk about other people's music, music that he liked. Yeah, because that's what excites him. Like he's yeah. been fucking. He does this every day. Like. Doing three-hour sets, the same old shit. He's yeah. like, he knew where it came from. It's like, and how many questions does he have to deal with about my way or like strangers in the night? Yeah. Like he's done. Like he's tired, and there's nothing left to ask or nothing left to talk about, <laughs> right? But if there was a new album by like Tony Bennett or somebody else that was really exciting for him, he wanted to talk about that. But nobody would ever sit and talk to him about that. Yeah, and that's that's a true thing. Like just even like the random questions, and actually. uh I wish I knew the name of this YouTube channel, and I don't even know if they're doing it anymore. I saw this a couple of years ago, but it it was two, like, girls, like, 11, 12 years old, and they'd send them to, like, interview, like, all these crazy bands, like Slayer, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah. So these two little blonde, like, girls, yeah. and they'd ask something just, like... Um, what's your favorite color? <laughs> but the bands would love it. <laughs> they're just like nobody's ever asked that before, <laughs> and they're like thinking about it and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was almost like the opposite side of the fence, where it was like so like dumbed down. Yeah, that it was genius. Yeah. It's like, what's your favorite type of animal or dog? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like they're just like loving it. So yeah, see that's like something know. fun like that, right? Yeah, and that that's the thing, especially the bands or the artists who have done a lot of interviews. They get tired of the same questions all the time, right? Mm-hmm. How did your band form? What's your you know what I mean? Why why do you call this album this title? I mean, who cares? Yeah, definitely, man. And um, yeah, on that note, I just again like I, I've thanked you like five thousand times, and I'm gonna thank you one more time. I really appreciate no you. No worries. We're happy to have you here space now. And, um, it begins now, right? Yeah, now yeah. you gotta do the the work, right? That's the whole point. We give you the platform, but mm-hmm. now you gotta do the work, and you gotta bring in the weirdos. You gotta promote the weirdos. And you got to expose people to, like, new things, cool things that are happening, right? Somebody somewhere is doing something fresh. 
Right? Yeah, it's true. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. And uh, I was going to announce it this episode. I'm going to wait till next episode. But I have a comedy show coming up. And I'm going to be promoting Girth there. And, uh, and yeah, just stay tuned and keep February 20 the fir- 21st open. And it's going to be awesome. And again, thank you, Sammy. And thanks, everybody at Girth Radio, Pacific Junction Bar. I am so fucking stoked yeah. that the creative imbalance is <laughs> back. And thank you so much for Invite listening. Invite them to come by anytime they want, man. Come yes. Around, around King East. King and Sherborne, come in, harass me on a Sunday night. Yeah, I'll be I'll be here uh, talking to weirdos. I'll come by once in a while. I'll put on pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks again, Sammy. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.